My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. You're listening to Talk Sport and this is Fight Night, the review of the year. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure as always to be in your company and a pleasure as always to be alongside my man, my right-hand man when it comes to the big fight night conversation. The one, the only, Mr. Gareth Davies. How are you, big man? You well? I'm very well, thank you. And it's been a funny old year in our sports, in our combat world, Adam. And I know we're ending the year and we're still here and we're still doing it and we're loving it. Seven outside broadcasts, all those things. Fight night every week. A feeling like we are on top of the sport. It's been a really difficult year. I, I really do think it's been one of the most difficult years I've ever been involved in, in boxing, um, because there are things that, that protrude um, that need, need address. And I don't know where that answer is going to come from. You know, there's, there's a lot of things to address. More than anything, transparency in the sport is, is the biggest thing that, that needs to happen, I think, in 2023. I think you're 100% right. Uh, Throughout the course of this programme, we're, of course, going to give you a summary of what happened in 2022. We'll look forward to 2023 with hopefully a bit of optimism. We're going to talk about fights of the year, both across boxing and MMA. And, you know, we'll celebrate some of those sensational knockouts that have been uh, littering the last 12 months. Again, both across boxing and mixed martial arts. But, Gareth, you're right to pick up there. I think the first point is obviously to look back at 2022. And I think If we split the two sports up, we'll come to MMA in a minute and we'll go boxing first. I think the overriding word to describe boxing this year has been frustration. Frustration from maybe a matchmaking point of view. Of course, we didn't get some of the fights that we wanted to see, that we thought we were going to get over the last 12 months. Uh, And also a couple of other things have popped up this year, which have really highlighted the flaws in the sport. Earlier on in the year, we had Taylor versus Catterall, didn't we? A fantastic fight on paper, undisputed championship. First time that that had come to British soil in the four-belt era, and we're all dead excited about it. We went up, we saw a good fight between two very capable uh, combatants. But the result and the aftermath was handled, I think, incredibly poorly, which highlighted a few flaws uh, in the system. 
And then at the back end of the year, we saw Ben versus Eubank. And I don't think we need to say any more on that situation of the amount of flaws that were highlighted in that moment. Going forward in 2023, it's important that we get a grip of situations like that in order to be able to attract new fans. Because every new fan, every casual fan, if we can refer to them as that, will point at boxing and say, listen, I came. You told me to come to the fight. You gave me an undisputed fight. I came and it ended up in a mess. I'm not interested anymore. I'm going to go somewhere else for my entertainment. It's important that we get a grip of uh, the way that we handle those situations. Therefore, we can be clear for fans going forward. Absolutely, Adam. You know, one one of the big things, as I said, transparency, it's, it's like undisputed champions is one of the major things in the sport. I think we've got five at the moment. And I think we've got three divisions, two or three divisions where we've got three champions. Um, it's why... We want an undisputed title in the heavyweight division because we haven't had it for 20 years. They they were like blue moons before. Um, yeah. We've seen it in the we've seen it in the women's arm of the sport where because there's a small group of very elite fighters, they've been able to bounce up up and down divisions. And you know, if in 2023 we get Terry Harper against Natasha Jonas, the 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 emblematic example of this is I don't think. We've seen them fight for a world title at featherweight. We could see them fight for all the belts at light middleweight. I don't think we've ever seen men do that. Um, mm. that, that have fought for both feather and 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 light middle. We, we it just probably isn't possible almost physically. But there are boxing is a sport, and I think this year it highlighted that it's a business. You yeah. know that the business rules. Um, from the two Tyson Fury heavyweight fights, you know, um, yes, 150,000 people in stadiums, but not really advancing in the way that we'd like it to advance. Um, judging is a real problem in the sport. I mean, I know we're picking the bones here and we're being negative, but... and and have got to be honest. Yeah, we have yeah, to be honest and, on the year. Yeah, I mean, and then it was it was exemplified by the Catterall, Jack Catterall, Josh Taylor fight. I'm glad we're seeing them fight again in 2023. But it really highlighted a new blood, young blood needed in the sport um, on, on the judging side. And then, honestly, very depressing. I spoke to Chris Eubank Jr. a few nights ago, a recap of the year with him. And he's had the weirdest three months he could ever have imagined. And he does feel let down by what happened. And I think the spikiness around how he feels about Conor Ben's two drugs tests that he didn't know about um, till very late before the fight, 10 days before the fight on October the 8th, that was abandoned. It cast a pall over boxing and it's still hanging there. Yeah. Um, and now we're, 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 you've got the World Boxing Council sifting through um, a 270-page report and, and kind of emotional outbursts on social media from from Conor Ben and from Eddie Hearn his promoter saying this is this is we're going to clear the name let's just do the facts and obviously hopefully the facts are in that 270 page document but UCAD and the Boxing Board of Control my understanding is don't have that document yet so mm. there's a lot of stuff that's happened and there are a lot of loud voices on social media complaining about this that and the other about you know um, but we, we, we have to stay on top of these things. You know, uh, we have a res responsibility. And, and, and there was a lot of responsibility 
in in for all the fun we had in 2020 12 i'm rambling but back to you good sir <laughs> we're going to revisit that because hopefully we'll come up with some suggestions of how we can fix that and make sure that what happened in 2022 doesn't happen in 2023. There were highlights in the world of boxing. The majority of my highlights, I'm going to be, I'm going to be dead honest about this, came from the women's arm of the sport because you've just mentioned there about unifications, about undisputed fights. And yes, okay, the talent pool is a little bit smaller than it is in the male game. There's a lot less money in the female side than there is in the male game. So therefore, it's a little bit easy to be able to make certain fights. Yeah. But the girls stepped up this year. When I, when I think of the stellar fights, the fights that got me really excited, not only with the build-up to then the actual deliverance of the fight, it's the girls' fights. It's the it's the Taylor Serrano fight. We'll talk about it in a minute as a potential fight of the year candidate. It's Shields Marshall. It's those fights that are the, that are the ones, and obviously a great year for Natasha Jonas, as you've already mentioned. It's those, those moments that are the ones that are overriding for me in 2022 uh, when I think of boxing as a whole. Definitely, like you say, there were there were totemic moments this year. I mean, no no doubt that um, Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano at Madison Square Garden harnessed so much that was good. I mean, it's a brilliant promotion by DAZN and Eddie Hearn. Um, they 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 harnessed the power of it being the first female leading event at Madison Square Garden for 140 years. We've both been there many times. It's got magic dust in the air. And they captured everything with an extraordinary fight. They went at it hammering tongs for 10 two-minute rounds. A who's who from women's boxing was there. Savannah Marshall. No, sorry, Clarissa Shields was there in the night. Alicia Baumgardner, lots of other Americans. Billie Billie Jean King was involved in the build-up. American senators. They went on Good Morning America. Uh, they, They captured an audience. And... Yes, it wasn't the biggest global audience ever, but it, I, I was there. I covered it all week. It was an amazing event. The atmosphere was extraordinary. There was that, as you say, the three Natasha Jonas fights where she she went bing, bang, boom uh, with mm-hmm. three of the world title belts. Two weight divisions, at least two weight divisions above her natural weight. She's a natural lightweight in my view, 135 pounder, but she's fighting 154 pounds. Um yeah, it's three weights, isn't it? God, it's three weights. You know, it definitely. Um, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe she's a light welterweight now. I don't know at thirty nine, but but I'm I'm concerned for her in that weight division. She's extraordinary. The fact we're talking about an eleven women card that that sustained itself through the the death of Queen Elizabeth and was was able to be just put back on five or six weeks later. They kind of rescued a week where we've been very low with Conor Ben. And, and Chris Eubank, where that fight had been cancelled. Um, the, the women winning, winning belts back, the characters that are emerging, the Terry Harper is back, the Cam- Chantel Cameron, what she's done, um, you know, Jessica McCaskill, all these girls, you know, Ebony Bridges being a character in the sport and bringing a different... It's brilliant. And they're coming here to fight as well. The fact we're talking, Adam, about Croke Park for Katie Taylor in two, 2023, that she could headline against any one of several fighters um, Mm. from Natasha Jonas, Chantel Cameron, all the way through to even people like, um, well, not Savannah Marshall, but, you know, Amanda Serrano again, and that that 80,000 could go there. She could have fought Minnie Mouse in the last decade and they could have sold out Croke Park for Katie Taylor. But it's the way women's boxing was the light in the tunnel that led us through 2022 in my view ads um and 
and what what's exciting is men want to watch it now. Most of the fans of boxing are men, and men want to watch women fighting. Um, and th that, for me, is is the success as well. Obviously, there are more women coming through, and more young girls wanting to do it, and more of a female audience. But it's a majority majority of fight fans are men. Um, yeah. and, 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 they're, and the women are now drawing those eyes on the sport. It's brilliant. It is. It is absolutely brilliant. I think both me and you have also been fortunate this year that we cover uh, MMA as well as boxing. I know that there's a lot of people that listen to our show that are just predominantly boxing and therefore they're a little bit more frustrated than us. I think our extra light, as well as obviously the female boxers, has been MMA in general because it's been a wonderful year uh, for MMA, especially for British MMA. We found ourselves snaffling another UFC title, this time in the welterweight division with Leon Edwards and his, his knockout of pound-for-pound pound King Kamara Usman. And over in the PFL, Brendan Lochnen had four fights in eight months uh, to take the uh, featherweight championship there and snaffle himself uh, a million-dollar check. I think from an MMA point of view, that's been my saving grace this year, Gareth, in fight sports. I think being able to dip in and out of boxing when it has frustrated me to go over to MMA uh, and especially to celebrate British MMA because it's absolutely flying right now has been a, has been a bit of a godsend. Yeah, definitely. And you know, um, you know, obviously your work with the UFC shows how we've got this group of fighters emerging. You mentioned Brendan Lochnane there, won the million dollar prize, um, who who has fought in all the organisations, to be honest. Um, and he was a great character. And I've had the privilege of making a documentary about him this year, which was just to know his story and to go on Moss side with him and go to great gyms and go to, you know, Phil Martin's gym and, you know, and, and go to those places that, that were inspiring that, that are both MMA and boxing. And I think we're seeing more of a crossover on social media now with a lot of the guys. You know, Molly McCann's are all the female fighters, boxing uh, matches as well. Molly McCann's become a character. Paddy Pimlet was rising and rising. He got a bit of a dip at the end of the year. Um, you know, for, he, he got a shock decision and um, and kind of, I don't know, went into the, what do you call it? The, 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 the pots, kettle and black area of, of mixed martial arts where it all gets a bit insidious with, with presenters and with Ariel Helwani. And, you know, it's all fun, really. It'll all iron out. You know, Darren Till needs to refind his way. It's five losses in six fights. Um, Leon Edwards, for me, I'm so pleased for him. I'm so... It, the, 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 the story of survival, you know, we talk about people like Dillian White in heavyweight boxing and how he survives and he bounces back from defeat. Leon Edwards is another one of those guys. To fight a guy who dominated the division for four years um, with, his, with his wrestling like a rash over you, and who looked to grow and grow and grow, stand-up got better. And Leon, to finish Kamaru Usman in the manner he did after, you know, after, after a very difficult fight and a very difficult time and a long wait, and to win the belt, you know, on this side of the pond, Conor McGregor, um, Leon Edwards, um, Mike, um, Mike Bisping. I know, I know Conor's Irish, but it's rare. It's rare. And it, 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 was, it was a brilliant thing to see and do and we've got a group of fighters coming through and it's like you say there's it's growing here the professional fighters league's going to do a european league next year 
it's good it's healthy it's it's and we've got stars so it, it's it's in a good place in general people want to come here because our fans are brilliant for fight sport yeah and, and think, that I really think, helps as well i think that's the key thing that i take away from this year that people still want to come to the uk they still want to fight in the uk even though we do have things that we need to iron out i.e judging officiating and various things like that uh the way that we handle drug cases um but I think from a fan point of view, we absolutely are the pull in world fight sports. Um, I just hope that we can actually start to deliver now, mainly for the boxing fans. I think the MMA fans do get their fill. We had two UFC shows on this show. We had Bellator on plenty of occasions coming uh, to the UK, didn't we? We also had the PFL come to the UK. Fans came out in the, in the thousands for those uh, events. But I think from a British point of view, when I actually look at the events on British soil this year, I think they could have been stronger. And I hope that in 2023, that is uh, that is seen. I think the promoters hopefully will get together, make the big fights. We start 2023 actually really positively with Baturbiev in Yard, don't we? That's something for the British fight fans to get really excited about. Uh, and then hopefully, as you rightfully mentioned a moment or two ago, the rematch between Taylor Castro can get made and we can move forward and therefore hopefully uh, start to see the bigger and better fights coming to, uh, to British soil because the fans deserve it. Um, with that in mind, we are going to uh, move on and we're going to talk about uh, fights of the year. Uh, we will move into knockouts of the year. And a little bit later on, we will predict or maybe make some suggestions of the things that we want to see in 2023. You are listening to the TalkSport Fight Night review of 2022. Lee is doing exactly what he needed to do. Wilde asking him to do. And he's going for broke. And he's having success. It's over. It's all over. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport, the review of 2022. I'm Adam Castrell, Gareth Day Davies alongside me. Now, we've got the frustration stuff out of the way. We've spoken uh -huh. about all the things that have annoyed us, and I've no doubt they will crop up again at some point throughout the course of the show. But now let's look at the positivity, all right? We're going to delve in to the fights of the year from the world of boxing and from the world of MMA. Um, we'll start with the world of boxing, shall we? Um, because there's one for me, Gareth, that absolutely stands head and shoulders above everything else. And the reason why I've picked it as my own personal one, even though there's others that could come into this conversation, is because of the matchup, the fighters that were involved, the, the pre-fight build-up, what it meant, the significance of it, and then the actual deliverance. Obviously, the fight has got to stand up. We've got to be sat, we've got to be there. We are mouths wide open going, my days, this is an unbelievable fight. But everything just went into one big pot for one particular fight for me that absolutely worked from start to finish. People will shout at me. They'll say that they've been at better fights this year. But as I said, the reason why I've picked this particular fight is because everything went into one pot and it just worked so well and highlighted boxing at its very, very best for me. And that fight is the fight between Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. The one at Madison Square Garden, the significance of all of that, obviously it's an undisputed fight. And then when you actually look at the fight and the way that it played out, it was absolutely awesome. And even now we can sit here and we can dispute the result, who won it, who didn't win it. But what we do need to see is absolutely a rematch. That for me, everything from start to finish, build up promotion into the fight, 
is exactly what I want to see from boxing. And more of them, please, in 2023. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to agree with you on that. Um, that it had everything that projected women's boxing and boxing in absolutely the right light. And it throws forward to Croke Park for 2023. It, it's fully set up for those women to have a rematch. It, it's, you know, when they were throwing their fists and throwing their gloves in the last minute of that fight in the 10th oh, awesome. round of two minutes, it felt like they could give more as well. Um, so I'd like to see Croke Park in 2023, 12 two-minute rounds, um, if they could get that over the line. I know you advocate for three-minute rounds as well, but yes to that fight, but I'm going to pick another fight as fighter of the year. Um, Michael Conlon and Lee Wood. Beautiful. Which... That was my what, second, by the way. Yeah. That was, that was second I mean, on my list. It was such yeah, a good fight. Yeah. I know we probably have a couple more that we'll mention because we'll like to mention yeah. the overseas ones and, 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 you know, trilogy fights and sequels and things that might even go to trilogies or even four fights. You know what I'm talking about. We'll mention yeah. it in a minute. But, but <clears throat> the shock in the fight with Michael Conlon and, and Lee Wood, Lee Wood being the puncher, Michael Conlon being the sleek, um, on his feet, Southpaw who can switch as well, who's very clever, who's renowned from the Olympics for putting his finger up because people were cheating around him, <laughs> who's been promoted by Bob Arum, who's a brilliant speaker, who has the tattooed rosary and, and crucifix around him. Michael Conlon, extraordinary fighter. Um, <clears throat> he's had a great rise in the sport. He's a brilliant featherweight boxer. And he's the, he's the slick movester against Lee Wood, the heavy puncher. And he puts Lee Wood down early in the fight. And first Wood round. is back yeah. in the in the first round, and he's battling his way through this storm of not knowing where he is for two or three rounds, but showing these amazing survival instincts while while Conlon's leading off on him basically. But Lee Wood is made of special stuff. He's mm. such a deep warrior, and we've seen it already with him in a couple of fights. And he battles his way back in. And then they go toe-to-toe -to -toe and it's like a war. And then Conlon's down. And like, and then they battle and battle and battle. And Conlon's knocked out in the final minutes when you're not expecting it, when he's sitting on the ropes and his body just gives over in those championship rounds. And he, and he crumples like clothes being dropped into a suitcase. And he just falls out of the ring with this terrible consternation. Literally catatonic as he falls he's just he's like a brick and Lee Wood rescues the fight in the 11th and the 12th hour if you like mm. um it had everything it, it, it you know the, the 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 struggles the the it just had everything so and it's set up for a rematch now in my view as well because Josh Warrington's just lost yeah. to, to Luis Alberto um <clears throat> and um I think Conlon has won recently and looks good and he's got himself back. I was just a Brit. It just had everything for me. I don't know. Ab no, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. As a fight, it is sensational from start to finish. Atmosphere as well. Probably the, yes. for a lot of people, the best atmosphere because the travelling Irish fans came over. 
from Belfast. And obviously, yeah, it had this in Nottingham where Lee Wooders had got a big football following. They segregated the crowd that night. So you had the home end and the away end. The atmosphere was sensational. The fight was absolutely dramatic. And you got a, you got a phenomenal moment. The narrative of that moment as well kind of brought us all the way back to Carl Froch against Jermaine Taylor when he needed to pull it out of the fire. And Lee Wood, obviously being another Nottingham man, managed to do that against Michael From Connell the same village. From the same <laughs> no. village of Deadly. <laughs> when, he, you know? <laughs> when, when he was losing that fight, he managed to pull it off. It was an unbelievable finish. The reason why I went Taylor Serrano was just because of the build-up. Oh, the enormity it was, of the thing as yeah, well, lad. It was enormous. Abs- absolutely. Know. Both brilliant, brilliant, brilliant fights. But just the build-up of Taylor Serrano just got me over the line with that being my, my fight of the year. And I thought... I must- uh, can Lord I just Connell's say brilliant. as well? Can I just say as well? I think that's the one time we've had our producer Ed reporting from the uh, event. Yes, he did a great well. job as well. He did a great, did a job. great job. He, he went up there to celebrate go. a birthday party, and we got our producer Ed Huntley on to uh, to give us a few <laughs> words afterwards because he was there live and we were in the studio, so it was amazing. Absolutely. I think the other fight that you were alluding to a moment or two ago um, was uh, a man that we've been fans of for such a long time in yeah. Roman Gonzalez, nicknamed Chocolatito, uh, taking on Juan Estrada for a, for a third time. One apiece, obviously going into their third fight, the trilogy fight. Uh, and in a weird way, I actually think the fight that each man won um, in the first two fights, I actually thought the other person won. So there was always controversy for me. Yeah. When we were when we were chatting about it, well, did he win the first fight? Well, he definitely won the second fight. All the all that type of thing. So that had all the beautiful narrative coming in. We know how good these small guys are. They don't get enough credit for me in world boxing. And then they go and deliver again, but in a in a very different way this time. Where I thought Juan Estrada was magnificent for the first half of a fight, and I'm thinking, where's Chocolatito gone? Is he is has he got old overnight? Has he all changed? And then he just goes from second gear into fifth gear. And he's absolutely magnificent down the back end of the stretch. I personally don't think he did enough to win. I thought it was 7-5 in rounds to Estrada. But I tell you what, I'm absolutely all in on a fourth. I thought it was a brilliant fight. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I thought Estrada edged it. I thought Estrada edged it 7-5. And and you could watch it again. That's the point. And it's brilliant. I mean... I mean, Sugar Ray Robinson and Jake LaMotta fought, I want to say seven times. I may be wrong here. It's a figure off the top of my head. It might have been six. And as as Jake LaMotta famously said, if I fight Sugar Ray anymore, I'm going to get diabetes. So, um, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> these two guys, their styles gel so brilliantly. They are both elite exponents. Um, you know, there's been an argument. When, when Floyd Mayweather, let's not forget, was number one pound for pound in many people's eyes, uh, Roman Gonzalez, Chocolatito de Nicaragua, um, was really in the picture as arguably yeah. um, unbeaten as well in 48 fights or whatever he was yeah. at the time. Yeah, it was, yeah. Arguably, he was number one pound for pound. And he's a very special fighter with jack in the box skills. And he's carried, you know, he's, he's not a big guy and he's carried his, his world championship capabilities up four weight divisions. And, you know, the power does. Um, uh, decrease as they go up because they are little guys and it's it's just extraordinary the skill sets and I think we we should I would love to have got him on the show I mean we've never had him on the show and and I'd love to do a little simultaneous translation while he's on um, but um, <laughs> yeah no all, all all glory to those two and I think we will see a fourth fight I really do yeah. Uh, fingers crossed, we get fights like that uh, pumping forward into uh, into twenty twenty three in the world of mixed martial arts. 
there's been some absolute firecrackers. Obviously, I've covered a lot of the UFC, so I've been fortunate enough to be uh, ringside, cage side, call it whatever you want for for a lot of these. Um, but the PFL tournament has dished up some absolute barn burners as well, uh, as as Bellator, as as Cage Warriors. So we could go all over the world with some of these fights. But there's a couple that stand out for me. Of course, the romance of Madison Square Garden, which we've just been speaking about with Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano, is always going to be a place that has that magic dust. And when you have a fighter like Michael Chandler fighting in Madison Square Garden, he's always going to serve up something special. For those that remember our review of last year, we were talking about his fight with Justin Gaethje. Again, an absolute fight of the year contender. I think he actually won our fight of the year last year. Um, but it's also a fight of the century contender. It was absolutely sensational. This year, he's pitched up against Dustin Poirier, a guy that's always in phenomenal fights. And once again, these two men deliver something quite special. It ends, it ends differently this time. Michael Chandler ends up getting finished. He gets submitted in the third round, whereas the one with Gaethje went the full distance. Um, but he has moments. And he, he, he has moments in this fight where you think he's going to take out Dustin Poirier. Then Dustin Poirier has moments where you think he's going to take out Michael Chandler. It goes back and forth, back and forth until Chandler makes a slight error and Poirier jumps on it. It's just a captivating 13, 14 minutes of fighting, which absolutely deserves some type of recognition on our show because it was a bar. Yeah. It was a belter. Absolutely. And I think it also shows just how far Dustin Poirier's come as a fighter. I mean, he's got an extraordinary resume now. Um, obviously, the wins against Conor McGregor will always be there high up, but Chandler's a very dangerous fighter. He is a, he's like a mini Mike Tyson um, with, with a wrestler thrown in, you know? Um, and the way he handled him was brilliantly and was brilliant. And to, to finish by submission in, what was it, two minutes into round three, it just showed how dangerous Dustin is if you don't if you don't get him right. I mean, he's confident. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think Dustin will be long for the sport. Ad. Um, I, I think you know he's probably only got a year, a year yeah. or two left in him. And I've, I've known him boy to man, um, and I know you know him as well. He is the diamond. He's a superb individual, a human being, um, and that really deserved a lot of praise. But I'm going to jump onto another one that really touched me, having done their rise from Jamaica as little boys living in a tin shack, starving sometimes, coming to Birmingham um, and um, really creating this renegade gym in Birmingham. Um, obviously, there's Fabian Edwards and, and others that all train with these guys in Birmingham, the brother of Leon Edwards and Leon winning the, the UFC's welterweight title after waiting years and years and, you know, and... and it's 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 a brilliant brilliant story. I mean, him knocking out Kamara Usman in the in the dying embers of a fight he was losing five rounds deep. But just there's that moment where he, it's that Bruce Lee moment where he's in Southpaw and he's just looking, looking, looking to survive and get out of the fight and find the finish, the killing time, as people call it sometimes. Chris Eubank used to call it. There's that moment. And he just takes that moment with that left kick straight into Kamara Usman's jaw and he's gone. And, it, and, it, and there is something lifts off Edwards yeah. in the ring in that moment. It's like, ah, I've done it. I knew I was capable of doing it and I've done it. And, and you see, I do because I, I've got romance about it, I think. I see what the life they've lived and the, and, and 
they've 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 come through all these things as little boys as teenagers in Birmingham through gang stuff um, and and learning to sacrifice and change their lives and be an example to so many other people and and not being natural promoters at what they do either no. and suffering for a long time because they're not outspoken because they can't be that's not where they've come from um and it's just a beautiful moment for me and i just think for that reason i'm calling it fight it was still a brilliant fight but I, yeah. that that for me it, it is my one you know I think you'll be back in a minute for knockout of the year with that one, won't you? Yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. One other fight that I just want to highlight from an actual fight point of view is the title fight uh, uh, between uh, Yiri Prahachka and Glover Teixeira. Uh, that took place in Singapore. Again, I just wanted to highlight that because we've been in a situation for, uh, for the last couple of years with the pandemic where a lot of fights have been happening behind closed doors with mixed martial arts as well, even this year. Yes, we've been out and about back in front of fans, but a lot of fights are still taking place at the UFC apex behind closed doors. Hopefully that's not necessarily going to be the case in 2023. But this was the first time that the UFC had been back to Singapore uh, since pandemic. Anybody that's ever been to Asia uh, watching a fight, covering a fight, know that the fans out there are absolutely crackers. They love it. Um, so to get the light heavyweight title uh, with Glover Teixeira and Yeri Prahachka, uh, was was a real treat for the fans out there. And these boys absolutely delivered big time. They went back and forth through four rounds, two apiece going into the fifth. It was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant matchup. And in the fifth round, Yeri Prahachka just managed to find a way. And he found a way through an error uh, of Glover Teixeira. And he, he finished Glover Teixeira via submission. If you were to put money on the way that that fight would have finished, that would have probably been the last thing that you would have said. Yuri Prahachka via submission on an elite Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner in Glover Teixeira. It was a wonderful fight, a wonderful finish. The magnitude of the light heavyweight title as well that you can sprinkle on top of that. That's actually, even though I highlighted Chandler and Poirier a little earlier on, because this one's over five rounds, it's got the finish, it's got the title on the line. That's the one that I'm sprinkling on as uh, my MMA fight of the year. I just thought it was magnificent. Yeah, great call. And, and also... A new name for the division, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's like the excitement of Islam Makachev winning the lightweight Big title time. after ten fights. Is it something like that? Um, and the, the, you know, things change, and and I think we we we've seen a little bit of a changing of the guard uh, in some in some ways in in UFC titles in. In, in 2022, you know, I mean, I know Volkanovski's still there at featherweight and yeah. Aljamain Sterling there. At, 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 well, the, well, the uh, UFC crowned the UFC crowned eight new champions this year. Yeah, well, one, it, Pereira, on top of middleweight. That. You yeah. know, so, so opportunities, opportunity has knocked, and I think just to throw back to what we were saying earlier. MMA is creating opportunity more than boxing yeah. has. Terence Crawford fought, I'm, I'm just bouncing around it, but Terence Crawford fought once in yeah. 2022. I picked out Virgil Ortiz and Conor Ben as my stars to watch in, in, in 2022 yeah. in my Telegraph predictions. And uh, yes, Conor Ben, actually Conor Ben fought once in the end, I think. Virgil yeah. Ortiz fought once. The, 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 it's not MMA, good enough, is it? Let's no, be honest, it's, it's not, not good it's enough. Not. Tyson Fury fought Derek Chisora and Dillian White. Anthony Joshua fought once, not in the UK. Um, 
do you know what I mean? A lot of things didn't happen right. that should have happened, you know? Yeah. Whereas then, I, don't, I know that he ended up losing, uh, but Israel Adesanya, the middle, the, the, when he started 2022 as the middleweight champion, he's he's tried to defend that belt on three occasions. Okay, he was unsuccessful on one of it, but he's been out, you know, once every four months on average, even since he started his tenure in the UFC. Over yep. a period of four years, once every three to four months, Israel Adesanya was in the octagon. And that's what another thing that we need to be looking at going forward. People need to be more active. People need to be fighting more and more. You've just mentioned some of the champions there. Um, Jamal Charlo yeah. hasn't fought for 18 months. Yeah. We haven't seen him. He hasn't yeah. been out in 2022. Yeah. He's one of the most talented fighters in yeah. uh, in the world. And, we, and, we he's there in, and, 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 and he's there using up the, the prime years prime, of his career. Yeah. That's what's so odd. It's just so odd. But he's Absolutely. had issues as well. He's had some issues. As well. Oh, he has. I, I, complete, I completely no, get that. But, and I'm boxing, just you know, No, so. and, I, and I highlight him as just... <laughs> he's, not, he's not isolated, as Gareth's just been pointing out there. There's too many that are, are, that are not making the fights that we want to see. Regarding the, the best fights of the year that we're talking about in this particular section, just to put this the rubber stamp on this at the start of the year if you if you, if you were to look at the what it will be classed as a UFC pound for pound list the 1 through 5 if you look at if you look at that list four of those that would have been in the top 5 have all lost this year yeah. because of because of the matchups that they were put in they were put yeah. in against the number 2 challenger in their weight division that's what we need to see more of in boxing 1 versus 2 not one well, versus 15, not yeah. one versus an unranked person. Yeah. We need to see one versus two. Yeah. And, and also, that, that, what, to, for that to happen, we need fighters to go into riskier fights where they're prepared to lose their, their own. Yeah. And we, yeah. we need to get over that, that psychological thing that someone needs to be undefeated to be, to be a great fighter. I mean, look at, look at Chris Billum Smith coming back from the React Poor. Uh, defeat three, Richard yeah. Rinnett-Borth defeat three years ago. And Josh what Kelly. He, he's Josh Kelly. Josh Kelly as well. Look at that and, for an example. Exactly. Josh Kelly, exactly. he got, he got, he got yeah. his pants pulled down against David Avanessian, didn't he? And then we've <laughs> just seen him. He, he's gone away. He's, he's, he's rebuilt himself yeah. and he's put yeah. in a wonderful performance yeah. against Troy Williamson. Yeah. What a fantastic yeah. end yeah. of the year for him. I'm so yeah. invested in him going into yeah. the into yeah. the next yeah. 12 months. Yeah. Things like that. Exactly. Well, that's what I said about Billum Smith. He gets a brilliant knockout the weekend in Bournemouth. He's growing his audience in Bournemouth. Um, he's looking to fight Jai Opatea. Um, yeah. He's he's highly ranked in four of the governing bodies, but he's set up to fight Riakpour in a rematch. Lawrence yeah. Coley's there. I know they won't. They've said they won't. Yeah, they're mates. Yeah. They're too yeah. close, which I don't like. If I'm honest with you, um, but, but I don't like those scenarios. But it's it's. Sometimes when guys have taken a loss, that's what we need to learn in boxing, that it's that journey back that's so important, you know, um, yeah. which is what happens in MMA a lot quicker. Um, you know, as you say, there's <clears throat> we've, uh, we've got some phenomenal, phenomenal fights that have taken. Oh, uh, Charles Oliveira and, and Justin Gaethje, by the way. Great fight. Uh, you know, I mean, God. Great fight. <laughs> um, we're going to talk knockouts very yeah. very shortly because that's what you're here for this is why you come to the sport isn't it you want to see those finishes uh, and we're going to get stuck into that you're listening to talk sport this is the fight night review of 2022 you've got to do something for oh! 
Kenichi Ogawa is out on the canvas and Cardiff explodes. Left hand there, lads rejoice. And Parker finally goes down. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Leon Rocky Edwards, your new welterweight champion. Oh my goodness. Hey, you listen to Fight Night on TalkSport. This is our review of the year that was 2022. We're talking all things boxing, all things MMA, and we're moving on swiftly into the knockout of the year. Yes, this is why you turn up. This is why you buy a ticket. This is why you sit in front of your TV or turn on the radio to listen to us because you want to hear, see, and feel those finishes. Um, in the world of boxing, we will go first. And there's a couple that stand out for me. I'm going to go to one that probably meant the most and actually came as a surprise the most to me. Uh, And it was for the IBF uh, featherweight championship of the world a little earlier on this year. I know that obviously there's been a situation with this belt since where he had to vacate and hopefully he'll get an opportunity to fight for it again in 2023. But I'm, of course, referring to uh, Joe Cordina, um, where in his hometown, he got his world title shot. He took on uh, Ken Chigawa and he knocked him out in sensational fashion. Joe Cordina, no disrespect to him, if he's listening to the show, not necessarily known as a one-hitter quitter, the one-punch knockout artist. But on that particular night, the technique, the delivery, the moment, everything about it was absolutely punch perfect for him to become uh, the IBF champion. So... That's the one that I will highlight from a British point of view, anyway, as the uh, as the knockout of the year, Gareth. Yeah, well, I think what what's Joe's done brilliantly uh, is come down from lightweight to super featherweight, and he's brought all his all the power perhaps he didn't have. Like you said, he's not known as a as a as a massive puncher, um, and there were a lot of fears against Ken Ichigawa in Cardiff, that Ichigar was a very difficult opponent. We'd yeah. seen him very strong himself. And it was just the dramatic nature of um, a closer early in the fight that no one was expecting. So when that happens, you know, you get the wild celebrations in the ring because the team's very tense. They know it's a difficult fight. It's a shame he hasn't held the belt. But, you know, there he is, bing, bang, IBF super featherweight champion. And but he's put the sacrifice in to come down five pounds to the division, which is brilliant, you know. Um, so there he is. And I think it's it's a shame he hasn't held onto the belt, but he's clearly one of our best talents out there. Um, and I've been trying to match him up, pushing pushing the fight with Shaka Stevenson <laughs> for ages. They might miss yeah. each other now. He might have come yeah. down and win a world title and won't fight Shaka. Yeah. That'd be a shame because that would be brilliant to see if we could get Shuka Stevenson on British soil to take on Joe Cordina. Olympians coming together uh, to have a little bit of a tangle. Um, do you remember the Caleb Plant knockout of Anthony Durrell? Beautiful oh. left hook just on the whiskers, put him over. I thought that was one that obviously needed uh, highlighting as well, a sensational knockout. When I'm talking knockouts, and there'll be people that obviously have different opinions on this, for me, they've got to be clean. I'm not talking TKOs or anything like that. I'm talking one on the whiskers that stops the fight in uh, in good fashion. Is there anything that uh, springs uh, to your mind? Because we've let's be honest, guys, we've been at a few this year that uh, have really taken our breath away. Yeah, well, um, I think Natasha Jonas knocking out Chris Nemes, great one, 
to win yeah. that first um, like middleweight belt, going up yeah. three weight divisions. We were concerned about around the fights in Cardiff. Uh, sorry, Manchester, because um, yeah. it was on the undercard of Amir Khan and Kel Brook, which was one of the events of the year, by the way. Um, yeah. It was it was like a throwback, even though it was five years too late. Um, I think they could have done that fight. Well, they could have done that fight at Wembley Stadium at one point, if you think about it. But Natasha knocking um, Chris Namus out with a hook from hell, a hellacious hook. Um, and just showed her power and her skill set and her timing. And obviously, she's gone on to win two more belts this year. That was a big one for me. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I mean, if we're jumping, ah, oh, uh, Lee Woods knockout of of Michael Conlon, oh, which I've, we've yeah, already looked at fight of the year again. Extraordinary knockout. Um, you know, uh, even last weekend, Chris Billum Smith's knockout of Zhejai. Oh, it's not Zhejai. Uh, it's it's a name that's unpronounceable to me right now, but and I'm not going to attempt it. No. <laughs> um, I think his first name's Armin, anyway. That's um, correct. Um, but the, the 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 like you say, it, it, there are things that stay with you. I haven't even mentioned the MMA ones here. Um, it, there's, if I really trawl, there's there's loads, and it, it's one of those things that you Joe still... Joyce and Joe Parker. Joe jo Joyce yes, and Joe Parker. That's yes. a beauty. Absolutely, absolutely. We were there that night, a couple of yeah. feet from the ring apron. It was extraordinary, and it really signaled the rise of. Well, I think you and I were getting very excited that night. The prospect of of um, Joe Joyce and Deontay Wilder. We couldn't stop talking <laughs> about it, could we? Because you know, uh, you know, he again he produced an amazing knockout of Hellenius. Did Deontay uh, Wilder on his comeback? Outstanding Fourteen months yeah. out of the ring. So you know. You, we can we can fill it loads of great knockouts and it's one of the spectacular things in the sport. We haven't even mentioned MMA yet. Well, in the in the world of MMA, I was lucky enough to be in the O2 Arena uh, in March when Molly McCann delivered the spinning back elbow uh, on Priscilla Cachuera. It was a sensational moment because it was a fight that was maybe slipping away from Molly. I thought it was 1-1 going into the third and it was a very tense third. It was back and forth. Cachuera probably had it because she had Molly at range because of the size difference, but Molly just found something. She found something from somewhere and delivered the first uh, knockout by an English female in the UFC. And what a way to do it. Absolutely a phenomenal viral moment that uh, propelled her really into stardom this year. I know that she finished the year with a defeat at Madison Square Garden, but she had a wonderful year with another victory and another spinning elbow uh, a little uh, later on. But Listen, Gareth, you mentioned it early on for me, mate, that the knockout of the year is Leon Edwards because yeah. of what it meant and, and the the time of the fight that it happened and, and who he did it against. We're talking about pound for pound number one, Kamaru Usman. And he absolutely just delivered in the right moment. And I, I think a head kick knockout, because if you if do, do you remember Michael Chandler's head kick knockout of Tony Ferguson earlier? Oh yeah, well we've got to mention that as well. The, I mean, yeah, they yeah. just they just look. Yeah, I know that beautiful is the wrong word when you're talking about a knockout. Well, it's beautiful some, brutality, isn't it? That's exactly what it is. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And those two for me are like wow, legit wow moments. Yeah, no, I can't, I, can't, I can't disagree. I mean, for those those are the two big knockouts for me of of the UFC anyway in in uh, 2022 um because there's well uh, a 
we were all a bit invested in Tony Ferguson to see where he is, where he's at. Yeah. Um, you know, he hasn't had the luckiest time of it in the last couple of years. A bit with, we can go into it too, too weight drained or, you know, when he did two back-to-back camps and made yeah. weight and all of that. And it just seemed to go pear-shaped after that. Michael Chandler's been a brilliant showman since he switched codes from Bellator or leagues from Bellator to the UFC. He was a, he, you know, he was one of Bellator's longest serving uh, so champions. Entertaining. He's oh, so but, entertaining. But he's again, you look at storylines with him and his wife is a doctor and he's a great guy and the, the, the adopted African-American child they have. And I just love the story. I just, I just love the guy. And, you know, I've, I've met his parents and I've enjoyed, just enjoy being around these people. Um, you know, again with again and the Leon story and Fabian and growing up, it just it just adds something to it. And Molly, like you say, with Molly, yeah, Molly's crossed over as a star uh, in terms of who she is as a personality this year because she's had, you know, like you said, she finished the year with a loss, but she still had a really good year. Was it two wins and a loss three times? Yeah, two knockout, two knockout wins. Exactly. Yeah, but 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 she's she's made herself a well-known personality in fight sports on that rise with all the female boxers as well in yeah. this country. And, and, you know, she's a, she's a great character as well. You know, um, she's just heart on her sleeve and all of that stuff. And that's what we want. We want the richesse of, of narrative and backstory with, 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 with what goes on inside the cage or the ring. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that listening to the first hour of the programme, you've got your own thoughts on knockouts of the year and fights of the year. Listen, interact with you. As you know, our social media handles do get stuck in with all of that. Um, we are going to get stuck into our fighter of the year. Um, we're going to do that in the next uh, five minutes or so, so make sure you stick around for that. You are listening to the review of 2022 here on TalkSport. This is Fight Night. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is it. 
The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. You listen to Fight Night on Talksport. It's the review of 2022. If you've only just joined the show, where have you been? Come on, <laughs> don't worry. We'll make it all available for you via podcast. Therefore, you can go back and listen to us talking about knockouts of the year and fights of the year. Now, it's time to get individual. It's time to talk about the fighters of the year. And of course, we are covering both boxing and MMA. Uh, so it will be uh, quite a big discussion, this, because there's, uh, there's a few candidates uh, right across both disciplines. Um, I think the obvious one, Gareth, when I speak to the majority of boxing fans and they talk about boxer of the year, they immediately go to Dimitri Bivol. Mm. And the reason why they go to Dimitri Bivol is, of course, that he dethroned last year's boxer of the year. I think everybody would have concluded that Canelo Alvarez, with what he did in 2022, he was most certainly the fighter of the year, the way that he picked up the Undisputed Championship, who he beat, how he beat them, and just his attitude was absolutely phenomenal. To then be dethroned by and you know i kind of praise what canelo did because he thought you know something let's go up again let's go up to light heavyweight let's have another go and see if we can do something really really good now a lot of people going into that fight will have thought that canelo being who canelo was and not maybe knowing too much about dimitri vivol would have backed canelo to go into that fight but anybody that knows boxing like we do and i remember us speaking about this going into the fight dimitri vivol technically is outstanding and he's bigger than Canelo. So it was always going to be a tough task for mm. Canelo to do it. But for mm. Bivol to pull it off, to actually go through the processes and to do it in the way that he did, absolutely deserves to be in the conversation for fight of the year. Personally, he's not mine, but he deserves to be in the conversation. Well, he does because of the way he um, he he nullified Canelo in the fight and he, he the way he made Canelo look... Um, because Canelo ran out of ideas against him and got tired against him, and Bivol stuck to his boxing skills. It was a victory for Bivol, but it was a victory for great boxing skills as well. And 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 he's much underrated, I think. Bivol. I mean, we've seen him. We've seen him have two very good victories this season. Even the Zerdo Ramirez victory was good yeah. in the manner in which he did it. Again, he just delivers. Um, I think. I, he, I, I think. And I know that Canelo's a better fighter than Ramirez. I'm not saying that. But because of the size of Ramirez, he's a big lad. And the way that Bivol took him to school on that night, yeah. that yeah. for me is just as impressive. Yeah, he, he, <clears throat> I think his, his, his elevation into the pound-for-pound pound list is deserved as well. I think he's five or something with the Ring magazine. Or I'd, I'd put him around five, six. Um, I, I think he could even have the beating of Artur Baturbiev. Um it's a shout you know, because of his it, skill. He's got because so of his skill. skill. If he can get his jab going and he can, he might get knocked out late in that fight. You never know a Baturbiev because he's a tank and he's just going to keep coming like a tank. But <laughs> everyone gets disheartened when they fight. I remember, I'm not saying he's a Floyd Mayweather, but I remember you see, I've been at live at so many Floyd Mayweather fights where people know they've got a chance in the first three or four rounds against him because he's warming into the fight and he's having a look 
It's a bit yeah. like with Anderson Silva, who's always having a look for five minutes of a round. I call it downloading yeah. data. That's what yeah, they do. Exa- they exactly. Download the data. It's that for a bit, IQ, exactly. Yeah. And and you always see people's, you know, kind of desire in those first few rounds against them, challenging them. But Bivol, Bivol took Canelo's soul in that fight a little bit I think you know and I can I know Canelo's a brilliant character and will want to come and hopefully we will see a rematch between them in in 2023 but um and hopefully it's still at like like heavyweight um yeah. but for me he deserves to be in the picture let me throw a couple of others yeah Go for it. um we've got some we've got a couple of undisputed champions now Noye Nui beat Paul Butler to become undisputed champion this year that's just gone what a fighter what a fight. He, he is. He is special, Noya Inui. Um, um, one, one of the things that annoyed me, it wasn't on British TV, which it should have been, by the way. Yeah. Uh, that was a really, and it was on a Tuesday lunchtime, I think it was. And it's one of those things you want to watch. That was yep. a bit annoying. And, and my, my skills didn't allow me to, to well, it wasn't, there wasn't, a, there wasn't things available. It's, it was annoying. Um, I think Alexander Usyk needs some praise. Yeah. Uh, for his second victory over a tougher fight for him against Anthony Joshua. Yep. We were there doing it live. Ninth and tenth rounds. He really had to dig deep against Anthony Joshua. Um, and, uh, you know, even though he only fought once, Terence Crawford, um, brilliant knockouts of David Avenesian, but he needs to be more active. But I'm going to throw... Um, I'm gonna, I'm going to throw Joe, Joe Joyce really advanced as a heavyweight. I think the Joseph yeah, I think from I think from a British point of view, Joe Joyce is right up there for British Fighter yeah. of the Year. I yeah. think he's yeah. had some stellar performances. He's his finish of former world champion Joe Parker, top class. I think he's had a brilliant year and sets him up nicely for 2023. Absolutely, but two more names, right? Yep. Two more. Yeah, it does set him up for 2023. Sorry, you, it was a pregnant pause there. Yes, it does. If he fights Tyson Fury, if he fights Deontay Wilder, if he fights Dillian White, if he fights Anthony Joshua, if he fights Alexander Usyk, um, they're all big fights. They're, they're, Joe's a fantastic character, I will add to that. Let me throw a couple of names at you. Bam Bam Rodriguez. Three Mate, wins Jesse, in 2022. Jesse Rodriguez has just had an outstanding year. Yeah. That he, yeah. he, I think he surprised everybody at the start of the year with the victory over Codras when he moved up to weight divisions. And then to rubber stamp it and say that it wasn't a fluke with the Rungvisai win. Oh, my days, mate. He was brilliant. The angles that that kid... And what is he? He's only 22, 23 years of age, isn't he? The, yeah. the angles that that guy throws at, are phenomenal. He's a special, special talent. I know he's vacated and gone back down now in weight, which could set up a Sonny Edwards fight. That'd be unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Um, but his year, I think he's had three victories, hasn't he, uh, in the weight division above, where two weight divisions above where he should have been at. I think he's been brilliant, mate. He's a, he's a really good shout, Bam Rodriguez. And we, we switch roles here a little bit. I'm, I'm throwing at you, right? The one name, we haven't mentioned uh, a, a, a female boxer yet. Yeah, the one name that I think, arguably, you could put at the top of the tree. She might not get the recognition in America that we're giving her here. She was an Olympian. She fought Katie Taylor in the Olympics. We were both there that day. Um, She was going to retire. She's in her late thirties now. She jumped up three weight divisions. Yeah, Yeah. and won 
three of the light middleweight, super welterweight, you want to call it, 154-pound belts this year. Yeah. She was overmatched against bigger women. Yeah. I, I don't think she should stay up in that division. It worries me. I've, those are my views because I don't like her fighting much, much bigger women. But her southpaw skill set, her toughness, her tenacity, her story. Natasha Jonas for me, Ed. Yeah. Um, I agree. Is, is arguably the, the, the fighter of the year, the boxer of the year. I, I agree. I think from a male point of view, Ban Rodriguez would be the one that just yeah. just nicks it for me over Bivol. Because, again, people, I've no problem with anybody picking Bivol over Ban Rodriguez because of the magnitude of the win over Canelo. But I personally thought that Bivol would beat Canelo on that night. I never in a million years thought that Ban Rodriguez this year would be the guy that steps up two weight divisions and becomes uh, world champion. And then not only does that, then goes and beats a legend in the Rung Visay. Uh, I thought that was sensational. So from a male point of view, I am going down the route of Jesse Rodriguez. But you have just nailed it. N- Natasha Jonas, this time last year, was on the verge of retirement. Yeah. She, didn't, she wasn't feeling the love from her then promoter. And she was scratching around for, what do I do? Uh, is this it? And she's in the... Uh, listen, she, she won't thank me for saying this, but she's at the... Uh, uh, twilight of her career. She's in her late 30s. And for her to obviously find a promoter that would give her the love and the time in, in boxing and Ben Shalom, and he's got to take a little bit of credit for this as well, um, to provide the opportunities that she was absolutely desperate for. Okay, they didn't come in her weight division because everything seemed to be tied up, not only in her weight division, but the weight division above. To then roll the dice and say, listen, this is the only chance that we're going to get here at 154 when she's a 135-pound fighter. Let's go for it. She takes on the kid. We see that in February on the Khan Brook undercard. She knocks out her opponent, becomes the champion, delighted for her, then unifies, then unifies again against the fighter that used to fight at super middleweight. She has had a phenomenal, phenomenal year, Natasha Jonas. And you are 100% right to highlight her as a potential for fighter of the year. I would actually go as far as to say as having three fights, three title fights, won them all, won them all in fashion in a weight division that she shouldn't be in. Outstanding. That for me would be the fight. That's fighter of the year uh, mentality. Even though when you go back the last two years with her, she's been showing this fantastic fight with Terry Harper I think that was on Matchroom Square Garden in the gardens of, yes. of, of uh, in 2020. In, I think she won lockdown. that fight. Oh, well, I, 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 exactly. I mean, it was a very, very close fight. Could have gone either way. An amazing fight. And I was at it live with Katie Taylor on the yeah, undercard of Joseph Parker, fight. Derek Chisora. One, I think it was. Yeah. I think it was either one or two. Um, an amazing contest. Again, where they... You know, it was it was it was in the mould of the Taylor Serrano fight. That they, yeah. they just let it go, and Katie Taylor for me pipped that fight at the very end in Manchester. Yeah, yeah I agree. And 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 so Natasha going into mid to late thirties has 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 been brilliant, and 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 I think we can veritably pick her out as the fighter of the year. I really do, male or female. You know. Yeah. Great year, Natasha yeah. Jonas. Yeah. Into the world of mixed martial arts. Yeah. Because yeah. um, there's a few contenders here. Um, if if we start with the UFC, as I said a moment or two ago when we were talking about uh, fighters, fights of the year, should I say, and knockouts of the year, 
When you started the year and you looked at the top five pound for pound in the UFC, four of those in the top five have all been defeated. And I put that down to matchmaking. I think that's sensational matchmaking where number one and number two fight and fight each other in particular divisions. Obviously, Israel Adesanya uh, fought three times this year, but ended up losing in his final fight against Alex Pereira. He would most certainly be in this conversation if he'd have come through and beaten his arch nemesis uh, in Alex Pereira, given the magnitude of uh, the two previous wins. Um, Kamara Usman only fought once this year, but was defeated by our very own Leon Edwards. You've got various others that you can highlight here. Um, Charles Oliveira, obviously another great year for him, but then beaten by Islam Makachev. All the, all these fighters, but the one that stands out that is undefeated and is getting better is uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. I thought he had a wonderful performance against the Korean Zombie. He then put on a masterclass against Max Holloway. Max Holloway is a fighter that a lot of people will know that has been on the pound for pound list himself, featherweight champion on a couple of occasions. And these two have got a narrative together. They've got they've had two very, very close fights. I personally thought that Alex did win both of them, even though people will argue that he didn't win uh, the second one. But this time around, 50-45 on all three scorecards, masterclass from, uh, from Alex Volkanovsky. And most certainly he's in the conversation for MMA fighter of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think I think until this year, I didn't, I didn't rank him as highly as he deserves to be ranked now. And I think you know he really is the great now. I think he's a complete mixed martial artist. I think he showed it this year. Of, of all the champions out there, he's the most rounded and the most complete, and he's shown that. Um, and and I have to give him his his praise for that, but. For and maybe he had the psychological advantage, and 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 Israel Adesanya was still feeling the PTSD and the scars of the defeats to Alex Pereira mm. uh, in 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 kickboxing, wasn't it? Um, uh, I think Alex Pereira's investiture into the UFC and and the way he awesome. performed against yeah. uh, the way he performed against Israel Adesanya in that fight, hunting losing the fight, but hunting for the finish and doing it in the way he did was just extraordinary, you know, and, and he, he's so dangerous. I mean, yeah. Uh, and, but he hasn't got the, unfortunately, he's the kryptonite for yeah. for Israel Adesanya, but may not be for some of the other guys in the division who are better wrestling. I, I agree. Two guys, so. I think Robert Whittaker, for example, would beat him. I, I really do, just because of his style. Oh, that's a good, that's a difficult pick, that fight. He'll wrestle him. Yeah, oh, it's a great fight. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal fight. But you're right, again, to bring up Alex Pereira, yeah. three fights this year, three wins, uh, knocked out Sean Strickland in good fashion and then took out, again, arguably the pound-for-pound pound number one, number two, and number three in Israel Adesanya. A yeah. phenomenal year for Alex Pereira. Um, but he's not my got... fighter of the year in MMA, by the way. It's just, okay. I, just I, just I think me and you guy. might have the same fighter of the yeah. year. Uh, yeah. and a year. bit of romance here as well. And a bit of, of course, of course. Um, listen, well, I'll flag up Leon Edwards because of the, the victory, the, what it means for British mixed martial arts, uh, who he's done that against. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Leon Edwards is in this conversation. Of course he is, but he's only had that one fight. So it kind of then gets diluted by the guy that I'm about to talk about, another Brit that really has had a roller coaster, a proper roller coaster where, you know, lesser people would have would would have called time on a career because it, it wasn't necessarily going his way. He's faced a ton of adversity. 
Uh, I'm of course referring to Brendan Lochnan, who became the PFL featherweight champion this year. And he did it by having four fights in the same year and against stellar opposition, phenomenal opposition. Obviously, he had three of these in the States, one over here in London, where I thought he was awesome against Chris Wade. I thought he was brilliant that night. And then he took out Bubba Jenkins in the final uh, at Madison Square Garden. But if anybody knows Brendan and Brendan's story, of which we've documented, he's been on our show on a couple of occasions, hasn't he? We've spoken about him highly. I know that you've made a documentary, which I know that you're incredibly fond of, um, mm. and hopefully you can shed a little bit of light on, on some of his, his narrative. The key thing for me is that professionally, he was rejected by the UFC. He said, I'll show you. He was taken on by the PFL. The pandemic came. The guy didn't fight for 18 months because he couldn't get a fight with the pandemic and get out the contracts and what have you. The first season he was in the PFL, he fell short in the semi-final. He came back for this season and won it. It's just Rocky Balboa stuff, mate. And he's my fighter of the year when it comes to MMA. Yeah, well, I'm I'm going with you. And as you say, you know, I spent a couple of days with Brendan up in Manchester. Obviously, I know I know I know of him and we've had him on the show before. It's an absolute disgrace that Tapology have got him as number 46. Um, in featherweights in the world, yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous, yeah. mate. I, it is, He's in the top is. ten. My, if mine's out of date, then if my my I've got it up right now. If it, you know, he he's an extraordinary talent. He's gone under the radar for so long. This was his opportunity with the Professional Fighters League, and I think this is fascinating format going forward. That that winner takes all. Well, not all. I love it. The, I I think. I, I think it. the jeopardy that it creates is extraordinary. Because um, obviously Stevie Ray, um, oh, a Scottish lightweight. What a, was, what a year. Imagine yeah, if he'd have won the final. Imagine it, if he'd have won he that final. He lost in the what final. So I think they get 250 or whatever it is, $150,000. <clears> but Stevie Ray emerged because they're both quite similar ages as well. They, yeah. You know, um, Brendan's no spring chicken. Um, you know, he, he's 33. But he's such a complete story and he has such yeah. amazing enthusiasm for life. And and to go up, Adam, <clears throat> to go to the home that he grew up with his mother, to, to meet the guy who lived below them, who took him to the gym at 16, bundled him into a car. And with yeah. all these guys who were doormen at the time and imagine <laughs> and bouncers and stuff, and, but who loved martial arts. And then to see the, the relationship with his coach, Tony, and um, the, the Phil Martin Centre in Moss Side, which is a walk down the road, literally from where he grew up, to go and experience all those things, and then go to his flat in the centre of Manchester, where we're looking out like kind of masters of the universe. He feels like you know he hadn't won the belts by then and won the million dollars, but just to see that whole storyline, see the playground he ran around in, and to feel the guy's energy um, and his self belief. Um, you know, and I've worked with them on broadcast terms this year, the PFL. So, you know, it's, I, I feel very proud of him in lots of ways. Um, yeah, I agree. Again, because like Molly McCann, Brendan has delved into the weeds of the fight world. He's friends with Tyson Fury. And first time I think we've, was this the first time we mentioned Tyson Fury on the show today? Wow. Um, maybe it might be, <laughs> in the second hour. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, he's fr I took him to meet Ricky Hatton as well while we were doing the documentary. And he loved going to the gym and they got on so well. I just introduced them and we just left them to film. And they got each other, you know. And 
I was just so pleased when he won it. I mean, I th and for me, he's the MMA fight of the year for me, you know. And I'm probably a little bit biased there because, and no, like, listen, maybe I, like you are, it's, it's, yeah, it's maybe, celebrating life-changing moments, you know. Absolutely. And listen, I think the stats back it up. Four fights in a calendar year is is pretty big. Not even a calendar year. In eight months, he's done that yeah. in, which is, I think he's absolutely outstanding. You're right. It's Listen, it's difficult. With the job that we do, we're in a very fortunate position where we get to speak to these people. And the thing that captivates me the most is the athlete that, okay, on the surface of it, the fan will look at it and they'll, they'll think that they are superhuman, superman, superwoman. But the thing that captivates me about these people are the vulnerabilities when they yeah. do lose, when, they're, yeah. when, they're, when, they're, when there are yeah. things in their life yeah. that are affecting what then goes on in their professional career. I've just mentioned the things that have gone on in Brendan's professional career and he, he's been in dark times. He's been in very dark times, but he is obviously a phenomenal guy to be able to drag himself out of that pit, to keep putting himself in the limelight, and for him to have the fruits of his labor recognized. Like you just said, it's, it's hard not to get emotionally connected to that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and you know, it's he's also good, though, because he nudges you. He'll send you a little message. He sent me yeah. one the other day where he's gone, not a bad story, is it? As <laughs> with the belt. No, and it's as if to say, and, and yeah. I think fighters, you know, people don't realise as well. I mean, there's a lot of noise on social media. People don't realise that, you know, I have a rule. I never get too close to any fighter anyway. And people might say, oh, yeah, but you're a Fury fan. But no, I never get, I've just been on stage with him last weekend. But I never get yeah. too close. And I don't. I learned that with Michael Bisping years ago because I covered yeah. him inside and outside. He was on along with Dan Hardy, to, to give Dan his, you know, his praise uh, for his accolades. Dan and, and Michael were the only two MMA guys to, who were really on the scene for us way back when, you know, 17, 18 years ago when I was doing it. And then no one else really was at that time. Um, I'm aging myself there. Um, you know, I did get very close to Michael. And when he lost, it was difficult to deal with it because yeah. he was so difficult when he lost to Dan Henderson and Shell Sonnen and, yeah. and, and others when he was like on the cusp of fighting for the world title. And you do learn not to get too close to fighters. And I think with Brendan, you, you, can, you, can, you can share that kind of um, objectively in, what, in terms of what he has achieved. And, uh, and I think... There's not many people in, you know, we mentioned we mentioned Natasha Jonas. Her success this year is extraordinary. And I think it's the same for Brendan Lochnane. I'd put it in the same locker, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, we've been out on the road quite a lot this year. Uh, we're going to celebrate some of those things that we brought to you on TalkSport very, very shortly. And then... That's right. We're going to get the crystal ball out. We're going to try and make okay. some predictions for 2023. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the review of the year on TalkSport. Look at that, lads from Joyce. And Parker finally goes down. It's very primal. And there's nothing else quite like it. It can be ugly. It can be upsetting. It can also be exquisite. And that's the glory of boxing. He's got to aim and then he waves the contest over. A little farewell from KSI to all four corners of the arena. Mentality is incredible and if we've been honest, I, I probably think he should be knighted. It was a medieval uppercut from Tyson Fury. Victor Lundgren has stopped the fight and saved Amir Khan from himself. 
Uh, this is Fight Night on TalkSport, the review of 2022. I'm Adam Catterall, Gareth Day Davies alongside me. Don't worry, I know it's the festive season, I know you're busy, you're in and out of doing whatever you're doing. Uh, this show will be available to you as a podcast, so therefore you can listen to it whenever you want. And there's a lot to review, obviously, from the work, uh, from the year of 2022 when it comes to boxing and MMA. Um, not more so than our own escapades, because we've been out. I know that at the start of the show, we said that it's been an incredibly frustrating year when it came to the world of boxing, um, and a little bit different when we think back to the world of MMA. Uh, but from a talk sport point of view and a fight night point of view, being out on the road, we've been to some right destinations this year. I thoroughly enjoyed a little trip up or, or a trip down, should I say, from my point of view, to Wales, Cardiff, for uh, Eubank uh, and Liam Williams. That kicked off our year. I think that was our first live show, uh, Gareth. I thought it was a, a great atmosphere that night and we got to see something quite special in Chris Eubank Jr. Of course, uh, we took a few trips elsewhere. The atmosphere that we saw in Manchester for Carn Brook uh, was something else. We got on the we got on the plane, went over to uh, Saudi Arabia to go and see a bit of Usyk versus Anthony Joshua. And we had two massive stadium fights where 150,000 people rocked up to see Tyson Fury take on Dillian White and Derek Chisora, respectively. Um, on the whole... I kind of that's the that's the reason why I'm here. I'm gonna be honest with you. I do love sitting with you on a week by week basis in the studio talking all things fights, but there's nothing better than being in a, a an arena, a stadium full of people, feeling that electricity for the big ones, especially when the heavyweight championship of the world is on the line. Yeah, and I think you know, we were we were fortunate and privileged, and we always are, to be at four of the big heavyweight fights of the year. It's literally sitting on the ring apron. You know, Fury and White and Fury and Chisora were massive events. It was the Tyson Fury show. I know the opponents weren't perfect. Um, and we'd like to have seen Anthony Joshua. We were teased for a month, if you remember, around you know, Joshua and Fury. We never really <laughs> believed it was going to get over the line. Um, but we don't need to go over the criticism of the Derek Chisora fight for Tyson Fury again. It was the third fight, beating him twice. Should have been pulled out a little bit earlier, in my view, and and you know, so that there was a bit of a stain on the fight because of that. But Fury and White was fascinating because White never turned up till three days before the fight, and yeah. Fury sold out ninety four thousand seats or whatever it was, you know, just kind of on his own, which was weird, and weirdly amazing because he yeah, he's yeah crossed yeah. over. And we were at Usyk and AJ in the Middle East; it was fascinating. And we were at Joyce and Parker to see the emergence yeah. of of Joe Joyce as, <clears throat> as arguably another special talent. You know, Khan and Brook was That's one what, of the Do you know something? Yeah. Apart from Khan Brook in the heavyweights, Joyce Parker was probably my favourite one. Mm. Just, mm. I, I thought it was a great fight week and a, and, a, and a great, great fight. And like you've just said, the emergence of something special now in the heavyweight division. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to be on the road once a month. I'd like to be at least fight. I hope we do 12, not seven next year. And there's a possibility of that. Because there's a lot of stuff when we look ahead to 2023 in a minute, um, as we close the show in you know in the, in the last hour, that there's an awful lot that's been building up to happen, and that's there's there's almost an avalanche building, um, or a waterfall about to cascade in 2023. That's how I'm looking positively <laughs> with open um, eyes at, at, at the year to come. I mean, look, Carn and Brook indoors wow. was one of the atmospheres of all time that I've been in. I've got to say yeah. that. Um, and it was, 
two men at the very, very end of their careers. I was very fortunate that Kelbrook rang me afterwards and did a little exclusive with me that he was giving it up. Amir Khan, who'd held out for a rematch um, with with Brooke, re- announced his retirement a little later. And it just, it ended an era with those guys, you know. And, you know, we've seen them as boys to men grow up. And, you know, they're both in their mid to late 30s now. Um, but I also feel that we got a little look into there's a lot of criticism of youtube fighting and celebrity youtube boxing yeah but we we yeah. got a, we got a little um look in a proper look into that to that scene and the individuals involved obviously yeah. we've been around logan and jake paul a bit this year as well jake paul was obviously there that night as well oh, logan paul was there that night but ksi versus swarms you know um it was it was interesting to be there in that milieu i think ad Hundred percent right. Um, I've been hypercritical of uh, of that world, and and not classing it as proper boxing. Um, and I, I'm still there. I'm still yeah. not the elite. It's, it most certainly isn't. But I'm fascinated with the growth of the sport and how we grow the sport and how we attract new young fans. Because if we're really honest, the majority of people that consume our stuff, the proper stuff, are of a certain age. Are the yeah. teenagers coming into the sport? Are they interested? In 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 the fight sports game, in particular boxing, I think I think the MMA demographics most certainly resonate with younger audiences. But do the boxing demographics? And the answer, quite frankly, is no. It's not no. because mm. their attention is going elsewhere, and their attention is going on to what we've now established as these misfit shows, which KSI is a, a big part of. Um, obviously, Logan Paul, Logan Paul, and Jake Paul, his brother, are doing various shows in these crossover markets of which are attracting major amounts of young uh, fans. So it was fascinating for us as TalkSport to go along to one of these events, first one that I've ever been to, um, to sit in the arena and just to observe. That's all I was really there for. And honestly, I was gobsmacked, blown away with the amount of young groups of lads and girls that were turning up at this event two hours before the doors even open just to to get into the arena. They get into the arena for the first fight. If anybody's ever been to a boxing event, you know full well that people are only really turning up for the main event. We were complaining yeah. before, weren't we, about undercards and matchmaking and various things like that. These lads and lasses were in. First fight. And the first fight was just as noisy as the last fight. So the atmosphere was 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 enthralling for me. Okay, the standard of fighting isn't what we're used to when we're talking about the heavyweight. No, we had, to, we had to look away at times. It was that we bad. We did. Of course, we, I thought the... Re- I did think the actual refereeing was good because the minute someone did get hurt... The fight was off. You're not, you know, yeah. we're not going for the the kill shot as we as we as we normally would say. Um, but yeah, the standard the standard isn't elite boxing. I get that, but there's a lot to learn from this market of how they're marketing, how they're matchmaking, how how they are attracting young fans. And boxing needs to look at itself inwardly and go, well, it's well, we need to put this person and this person together in order to attract people to this sport because those young fans are being put off. And they are the next generation of what are going to be able to keep this sport uh, thriving in the next five to ten years. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and also because because the way bo- boxing is set up, and because it's entertainment and theatre and drama, a lot of the people on that Misfits card have their own big followings. So there were yeah. pockets of the audience who really believe in them, and yeah. you know I, I had to. <clears throat> and I will call it a privilege. I don't care what people say in the boxing world. You you get people denigrating the fact you'll sit down and do an interview with KSI. I sat down with him the other day. Fascinating guy. 
fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. 25 minutes we chatted, 22 minutes were about his life and three minutes were about the boxing. Because I'm JJ, as I'm allowed to call him. Um, <laughs> uh, the thing is, he feels better in himself from boxing training. He's yep. got a discipline in his life he never had. He said, I used to find it difficult to stretch over for the remote. He said, but now I'm up out of my seat. I'm bouncing around. That's translating to a generation of young people. And all yep. those other guys that are doing it are translating to a generation of young people. Where it blurs the lines, we have to be careful. Is Jake Paul going to get verified by the WBC, the World Boxing Council, with a true ranking or not? We have to be very careful with all of that. Um, you know, um, and Mauricio Suleiman, the president of WBC, is a very smart guy and makes his, his sanctioning body very relevant all the time. You know, he's, he's got some new moves coming in 2023, which are like, wow, beyond the bounds with, with making sure that women's boxing never gets um, so controversial that gender change is coming in. It's, it's all very interesting stuff. And, um, you know, I think what we've got, what we have to be clear about, and you and I have said this a million times, is where the boundary is between yeah. what real boxing is and what celebrity YouTube white-collar boxing is. And these guys will get better, and Jake Paul has got better. He knocked, I, I, am I really saying this? He knocked Anderson Silva down this year in a fight. Um, and it was, was it a draw in the end, or did he win? <laughs> he, 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 I think he got it. I think they gave it him. Yeah, well, well, mm. Yeah, um, but, you know, <laughs> the, the, we just we just have to see where their ambition lies. Jake Paul again, Jake and Logan Paul, fascinating characters. Yeah, you know? I th let's I not think... knock the guys who we, no, we, we, we're a certain generation. They're in their twenties, a lot of those guys, and they are mainstream, whether we like it or not. So their th their their influence is huge, and and I'm Correct. happy to be there and involved. And be experiencing it because I feel enriched for it. If I'm quite honest, I, think, I felt I th enriched by the night ad. I think I think you're right to to word it in that way. I, I think when people say, "Oh, they're, they're ruining the sport," no, 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 the business of the sport. They're actually helping, and a lot of people should learn from the biz from what they're doing with the business of the sport. I think they will be inspiring kids to maybe go to the gyms themselves, which I think is also a positive thing. Um, but listen, we will always tell you the truth on this show. It isn't elite boxing. No. We're not saying that it's elite boxing, but it is something that has to be looked at, recognised, and listen, loads to learn from it as well. Um, my favourite event, you've already flagged it, Cornbrook, I thought was outstanding, mate. I know that it was a little bit too late from a from a contest point of view, so the fight was a little bit one-sided. Kel had his night, and he was brilliant on, on the night in, in front of us when, when, uh, when these two guys eventually got in the ring. But what a week. Phenomenal week with two really top characters. And then the minute we stepped in that arena in Manchester, I've never experienced an atmosphere like that. Kelbrook's ring walk with the piano and all of the lights and all that, it was just... Oh my yeah, it was. A, re a real honour to be there. It was. I, but it was also... I've got... It, yes, absolutely. I agree with all those sentiments. But I've got to say as well, in broadcast terms, even though Fury and Chisora didn't wasn't the fight we wanted we'd love to have had fury and joshua to 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 work that broadcast certainly on a personal level and and to see um what that what's the saving grace for that event was 
Alexander Usyk, Joe Joyce and Tyson Fury yeah. in the corner of the ring post-fight. And, and I went yeah. to the post-fight press conference as well, and it was box office. And with Fury saying, look, Joe Joyce is a harder fight for me, I think, a bigger challenge than Alexander Usyk right now. He was on. And I thought that was fascinating. That was the saving grace of that event, that if you like, those two fights were publicly spoken about and made in that yeah. corner of, of, of the ring there in that moment. And that's how boxing should be. You should go and face your opponent who you're going to fight next in the ring. Yeah. And I do feel, and we haven't mentioned Anthony Joshua really very much, I feel, and we were at that USIC Joshua event, I think, I'll get pilloried for this, but I think Anthony Joshua needs to make himself more relevant, you know? And I think he's lost opportunity. Just be be out there more. Um, Sit and have a lunch with the media. And people, again, will critique that, but to to have, I I just feel, where's his route in 2023? Where's his route? Is it a Dillian White fight? Um, yeah, is it a Deontay Wilder fight? Um, it's difficult to 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 because I want him to be relevant, more relevant in terms of being. Yeah, out there. I, I know I understand. he plays it a certain way, but I may be wrong. No, no, no. I understand. I completely understand where you're coming from, but he his character is very different to to others, isn't it? He, yeah. he operates in a very different way, and he's he's become a little bit detached from the norms of what we're used to in the world of boxing. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I think what Anthony Joshua needs to do is rediscover who he is, go and find that eye of the tiger. We're outside. A new trainer cheesy. again? Yeah. Well, yeah. He's, I know he's in America. He's been working in the Charlo's gym, hasn't he? He's been yeah. doing yeah. all those types of things. Great. Fantastic. If Anthony Joshua comes back, fights Dillian White, blows Dillian White away, that's not an easy task because Dillian White has obviously yeah. developed as well since. But if he comes back, blows Dillian White away, all of a sudden, the bandwagon rolls again. And away we go. And that might set up a, a Deontay Wilder fight. 2023 could be a great year for Anthony Joshua. I know that yes. everybody's down on him at the moment. They're looking at him and going, well, you know, he's not all that he's cracked up to be. Hang on a minute. He was beaten, by my opinion, the pound for pound number one or number two in Alexander Usyk. Undisputed cruiserweight champion, unified heavyweight champion. That's who he's been beaten by twice, okay? All right, you can throw the Andrew Ruiz thing at me. Cool. But that's what's happened. He's still capable of beating a large percentage of this heavyweight division. A large percentage. And I would back him against Dillian White. Dillian will come at me for that. But I would back him against Dillian White. And then you've got, with his tail up, with confidence, you've got a shootout then between him and uh, Deontay Wilder. And who does not want to see that? What a fight that would be. Phenomenal. Or Joe Joyce. Absolutely. Or Tyson Fury. (laughs) Absolutely. Listen, it's confidence. That's all it is with Anthony and and finding himself again once he does that and i believe he can do that then he's he's back in he's back in that conversation but for now he's just away from that top table and i think it could be a good thing for him being away from that top table um anyway we digress uh because we're going to make some predictions we kind of eluded on predictions there for anthony joshua didn't we but we're going to do that um next we're going to look ahead to 2023 don't go anywhere you listen to fight night's review of 2022 on talksport Winner by split decision and still the unified heavyweight champion of the world from Ukraine, Alexander
just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f- he wants. This is Fight Night on TalkSport, the review of 2022. I'm Adam Catterall, Gareth Day Davies alongside me. And it's time to finish off the show by looking ahead to 2023. As Gareth alluded to a little earlier on, yes, okay, it's been a frustrating year for the world of boxing in uh, in the last 12 months, uh, which kind of, hopefully, the saying of it's darkest before the dawn uh, will come to fruition because we're hopeful that the next 12 months, Gareth, will be uh, a lot better than what we've just experienced. What are your hopes, dreams and ambitions uh, for the next 12 months in boxing? Well, as you say, coming out of the darkest time and into the light, um, my hopes are we do get an undisputed heavyweight title in 2023, Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk. I, I still want it to take place in the UK in, in, in April rather than it take place in the Middle East before March 22nd, which is Ramadan. I mm. think it, that's right. I think I'm right in saying that they want to do it before Ramadan. It's um, um, Easter. Is it is an author? Is a I can't remember the the correct term of uh, um, Alexander Usyk's uh, religion, but it's because of Easter. He wants to get this done yeah. before March yeah. the sixth. I think he does the full fast of forty days, yeah, forty yeah. nights, doesn't yeah. he? Does all that Ex- so. exactly. So I hope that happens. Obviously, Lennox Lewis lost undisputed heavyweight champion. It's over twenty years ago. You know, it's the first four belt era undisputed title, which is brilliant. Um, I hope we get. Uh, as we said just in the last section, Anthony Joshua back in a big way, Jonte Wilder back in a big way, Joe Joyce emerging. It's set up for an amazing year in the heavyweights in 2023. I think we've already got a good January coming with Liam Smith yeah. and Chris Eubank. Brilliant style matchup. And Anthony Yard and Artur Viterbiev, uh, the three of the light heavyweight world titles here in London as well, here in the UK as well. So, um, the, the, the what I want to see is women's boxing continue as it as it is. I want to see those heavyweight fights actually happen because everything else trickles down in the sport. Conlon Wood rematch, I'd love to see that. There's so many prospective great fights for this year. Crawford and Spence maybe finally getting Errol Spence getting over the line. Um, mm. uh, I'd like to see Dimitri Bivol against Canelo again. Um, like to see if Canelo can make the adjustments. Um, and, you know, generally looking down the weight division, I'd like to see uh, the Acoli, Lawrence Acoli, Richard Riakpour fight, um, a, a cruiserweight. Um, there's loads of great fights. That, I mean, I'm just uh, bouncing off the top of my head, <laughs> but it's all set up for 2023. And I hope we get a more productive year in that way that we haven't had this year. I think it all filters down, doesn't it, from the uh, undisputed heavyweight championship fight. Absolutely. If we can get that, it'll filter from there. We, I mean, we've got a good January start with the Terbiev Yard. I think that'll be a good captivating fight for the British audience. We'll be into that. Uh, Taylor Catterall will be big as well for the British fight fans. Um, I agree with you. I would love to see the undisputed fight on British soil. I don't know if it will materialise there. I think it would be Saudi and it would be the, those predates that uh, Alexander Usyk has, uh, has, has asked for. Either way, I'm happy as long as the fight... Uh, happens. Um, I think it will be a good year for Anthony Joshua because I, I, I hope that they can make the Dillian White fight. Uh, and I think from a, from a British fighter's point of view, I think we, we could be in for some, we, we could be in for a good year because we've got a lot, especially if you look at light heavyweight, you look at featherweight, super featherweight in and around there. We've got fighters in and around the cusp 
of uh, of of the top honors in in world fight sports. I mean, if you look at, for example, in and around featherweight, Conlon. I know that Warrington's just lost, but it's irrelevant to me that because he's, he's got an unbelievable back in. You've got Lee Wood and various others that you could just scatter in and make a little bit of a round robin. That would be phenomenal if we could make some of those fights. I know that we had Wood Conlon last year, but let's hey, let's do it again. Uh, and then obviously at light heavyweight, you've already mentioned it domestically. We could have a and, and cruiserweight. We could have a whale of a time, couldn't we? Making uh, making fights there. So I think we're set up for something quite positive. But it's all going to come down to the heavyweight championship of the world being made, of which will then filter down. And who knows? Might happen twice. Might you know Fury Usyk might happen twice if we, if 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 the first one's an absolute cracker, we might get it again. And if we don't get it again, Joe Joyce fighting the winner. This, this is the key thing, isn't it? Let's not have. Let's try and get rid of tune-ups in 2023. I don't need to hear tune-ups. To hear Ryan Garcia, for example, recently saying, I'm not going to have my tune-up for Tank. I don't want my tune-up. I just want to fight Tank. Let's do that. That's a great fight. If we can get that over the line, sensational stuff. If we can get rid of tune-ups, we can get better matches on undercards. That would be a successful 2023 for me, mate. Let's let's get people like Joe Joyce straight in to the winner of Fury versus uh, Usyk, because imagine if Tyson Fury can come through those, or any of those fighters comes through those, they are the fighter of the year at the end of the year, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Look, we've got six. If you count Lee Wood in the WBA, we've got six British fighters. Looking at a British perspective, in uh, in world championship positions in the eighteen weight divisions, if you include Bridger weight now as well, loads of challenges. I'm not even mentioning the women here. What's nice is that so many great fights are graduating towards the UK. Um, yeah. We are a fulcrum for it. There are things happening in the Middle East. There is investment in boxing, you know, from there, from because obviously they're investing heavily in sports at the moment. We know they're looking at trying to get the Olympics in the 2030s. I've said that on the show before, you know, 10 years' time, they're looking at Olympic events. They've just had, a, you know, what I think was a very successful World Cup there in terms of the football. Um, certainly the football was amazing yeah um so as we look ahead it's a really really promising year coming you know uh, the Cattrall uh, Taylor rematch is, is is looking to be made soon in the year as well we start the year with a bang we might even be at one of the YouTuber events with KSI and uh, and Dylan Dennis you know? If Dylan Dallas turns up, but we'll yeah. get to that. <laughs> there you go. Um, from an MMA point of view, I think we're in a really strong position. British MMA has never been uh, in a better position. We've got, obviously, a numbered card coming to the UK in March. We anticipate that Leon Edwards will be headlining that. We think it will be the rematch with Kamara Usman, but Usman has recently identified that he is having hand surgery, so it might even be... Jorge Masvidal, it might be, it might be something. But Leon Edwards will be top of that card, and I think a plethora of fantastic British talent will also be on that. Be interesting to see what Brendan Lochnane does. Does he go back into the PFL? Does he take up other offers? I think he will uh, defend to see if he can do it again. And then, as uh, we've pointed out, we've got Michael Venom Page in Bellator. What's he going to be doing? You've got um, obviously all the things that are going on in the world of cage warriors. So, from a British mixed martial arts point of view, a really good year. And my big prediction I'm going to say something crazy here now for British mixed martial arts. I think that we will get another world champion this year. I'll even be specific as to tell you who it might be. I think what's going to happen is we know that. 
Alexander Volkanovsky is going to go and fight Islam Makachev um, for the lightweight uh, championship. So therefore, we know uh, that Yair Rodriguez and Josh Emmett are going to be fighting for an interim title. I think that they will make Arnold Allen against somebody else as a top contender mm-hmm. fight in that division. Arnold Allen at some point will fight for UFC gold this year, whether it's full or interim, he will fight for that. And I would back him to win. He is a phenomenal mixed martial artist. I think that Arnold Allen could be uh, having UFC gold in some way, shape or form wrapped around his waist this year. I think that's a great call. Um, and we know how talented he is. He, he is, there's, there's an extreme talent there. Um, and I hope he does get a shot at UFC gold, as you say. Um, one of the big, we haven't mentioned him. Uh, he's one of the big names. Um, he didn't fight last year. Mm-hmm. He's big and bulky like this now. You know who I'm talking about now, don't you? Yeah. Um, does Conor McGregor return at welterweight in the UFC this year? He's talking about middleweight, isn't he? Next year, sorry. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, he's, I used to say that he was I'd love to see him back. No, no, I'd love not, to see him. Not back, at middleweight, yeah. though. Not, not at middleweight. Though. I just want to see him back. You, yeah. you know what they're like. Conor McGregor fight weeks are outstanding. They're, they're, but, they're but, a different. But is, has he gone too far? Is he too wealthy? Is his residual Maybe. income too much now for him to really come back? Obviously, you know. Does the fire burn? Is what feet. you're asking. You're asking whether the fire burns, aren't you? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know the answer. It. I don't think it does. And that's my view because, you know, obviously he needed some repair this year physical repair um, after the damage to his body. Yeah. Um, but it, like you say, it it would... Listen, if he hasn't got it in him anymore, I don't want to see him back at all. But if he's got some desire to have another fight, and maybe it's not for a belt, it's for a... No. It's, it's a, a Masvidal for a BMF or, thing or, a or something like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but it's he, he's a great character. I think we I think we have missed him in the sport, you know. Absolutely. Uh, listen, um, from a mixed martial arts point of view, good 2022, and hopefully an even better 2023 uh, for those British fighters in particular. From a boxing point of view, of course, listen, we'll always be honest with you on this show. It hasn't been the year that we wanted it to be, but it sets us up. For something hopefully quite something quite special in 2023. Are we going to get the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world for the first time since 1999? First time in the four belt era. Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk is the must make fight that we want on this show. And fingers crossed, we will get you even closer to it once it is made here on Talksport. Thank you very much for giving us your attention over the last 12 months. I know it's been a tough year for boxing fans, but we've thoroughly enjoyed uh, being a part of your weekly life. You can subscribe to the podcast. It's available to you right now, Fight Night, uh, on iTunes and the TalkSport website. And we will be back in 2023, hopefully, with plenty of sensational fights to talk about, starting with Artur Baturbiev against Anthony Yard for those light heavyweight marbles. Have a wonderful festive period. Stay safe. And from me and Gareth, Happy New Year. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. 
What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 